The asset management industry has been a pioneer in the use of blockchain and digital asset management revenues are expected to top 9 billion by 2028. Across financial services, managing assets digitally is making enterprises more efficient and institutional relationships more transparent. Large bank investments in the digital asset ecosystem is expected to gain further traction in the coming years. Hello and welcome to this third edition of our Web3.0 podcast series. This is Shankar Krishnan, Head of Digital Assets at Capgemini. In each episode, I speak with financial services leaders around the world about their experiences with the metaverse, blockchain, digital assets, DeFi, machine learning, AI, and much more. Together, we explore how technology is changing the financial services landscape, making it more sustainable and profitable. Today's conversation features a pioneer in digital assets, Nadine Chakar. Nadine is CEO of Securency, a digital assets platform powering the digital asset marketplace. Prior to Securency, Nadine was head of digital assets at State Street, and she was one of the early movers in the digital asset space. She has also held C-suite roles at Manulife, Bank of New York, and ABN AMRO. Nadine, welcome to the program. Shankar, thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. Glad that you could make it. Nadine, at Capgemini, we are seeing significant traction with our digital assets advisory business. A lot of product engineering and execution we do for banks around the world in this area. As you know, a lot of things are happening in this space. So in order to build more focus for our teams, we created a taxonomy so that uh, we, we have a roadmap in which we should approach digital assets globally. And our taxonomy today embraces CBDC, digital assets and tokens, payments and crypto, NFTs and metaverse, and lastly, Web 3.0. And in the last year, Nadine, we are seeing significant traction, not just here in the US, uh, but also around the world. I want to start by asking you, given your experience in capital markets and from your very unique vantage point, what is going on in the space and how is security shaping some of the conversation with uh, financial services? You're absolutely right. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing an explosion of interest and demand um, across the globe, not just in in the U.S. And I would actually venture that we've seen um, you know more advancements in the space coming out of Asia, um, in Europe, um, as well. And um, I think to when I listen to your introduction, you're you're spot on. I think uh, banks, asset managers, um, insurance companies, pretty much the entire financial uh, institution uh, ecosystem is finally finally realizing that blockchain, um, which for years got uh, ridiculized as a um, as a solution looking for for a problem, I think we're starting to fully understand. Uh, the depth and breadth of uh, s- s- how it can facilitate uh, building the capital markets of the future. So really across the board, uh, we're seeing um, inter- institutions waking up to the fact that it has an enormous process and promise uh, to uh, to digitize and increase, increase productivity and efficiencies within the front, the middle, and the back office uh, on one side of the ledger and on the other side of the ledger we're seeing um, a lot of experimentation in areas um, of obviously DeFi. We're looking at liquidity. Um, how how do you increase the velocity of money and collateral in, into the environment? And um, how do you uh, try to uh, also take a liquid assets and uh, make them uh, more more liquid, uh, if you will? So I think um, as the days and weeks uh, have progressed and the years 
because we've been we've been all at it for a long period of time. Yeah, I think a lot of um, uh, the industry shifting from a proof of concept, uh, which has really helped fuel uh, this increase in demand and interest, and now into moving into more execution. But I think it's also giving the C-suite in these organizations and people that uh, work with these uh, technologies and these assets on a day-to-day, just starting to discover the art of the possible. And that's uh, the most exciting thing uh, for us at Securency. Uh, we, we are a blockchain infrastructure uh, provider, and um, we, we understand, and so are, is the rest of the market starting to understand that you need a different uh, capital markets platform, if you will, to be able to trade, settle, and report on these securities. The existing plumbing that we have um, is just not sustainable, if you will, scalable for being able to do um, atomic settlement, uh, 24-7 trading, um, and all the benefits and the goodness that you get from digital assets. So it's a really exciting time. Uh, to be a part of uh, part of this industry and part of really building the rails of tomorrow. Absolutely. No, very well said, Nadine. One of the things we are seeing, especially after uh, the crypto winter, where uh, close to we have had, what, uh, something like 23 companies go down and a lot of uh, rug pulls and what have you. So one of the things we are seeing is the blockchain clearly emerging as a winner. And it's very interesting that even in the case of FTX, uh, Transactions that happened on the blockchain are being able to track, and uh, so uh, we we are seeing what you're uh, explaining here, Nadine, in the marketplace. Be it uh, coming off uh, some recent uh, CBDC uh, wholesale and retail design or a variety of tokenization to make identity happen, uh, and even exploring uh, NFTs and metaverse uh, uh, for various industries, uh, we are seeing a big revival in this whole area. So one question I had was. How are you seeing uh, the market evolve? Uh, yes, uh, crypto is going to take some time to come back. But but what is your thesis on crypto as an asset class? Because remember how a lot of custody and some of the large banks were also building. There, there was a lot of worry that with the shift to crypto assets, maybe it was 5%, 10%, then we have to get better at uh, crypto marketplace custody, crypto asset custody. So what are your thoughts now that we have seen the digital, I mean, the winter for cryptos? Do you think it will emerge as a separate asset class? I mean, Shaker, some would argue that it is an asset class. Maybe it didn't behave the way we expected it to. Um, if you will, we, we, if you remember, we always thought uh, it would be uh, a hedge against inflation. It would be the digital gold. Uh, but, um, but it is an asset class when you look, even at the height of the crypto winter, um, and in terms of market cap, it continued to be significant. Um, you know, it had significant market cap, and I'm talking about Bitcoin here. Um, you know, we, we've seen some shift with, with the others. So one would argue it is an asset class. Um, and if you look at some of the larger investment firms in the market, you know, firms like, uh, you know, your old firm, City to Morgan, uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, Goldman, um, even more traditional uh, investment managers like Wellington and others, uh, they will tell you it has emerged as an asset class. And the, the conversations are no longer, uh, should we look at it? The question is, you know, we will look at it, uh, but we need to understand how it fits within our, our uh, portfolio construction. So I think crypto is here to stay. Um, you mentioned FTX uh, in, in other issues. Um uh, I, I think um, it is absolutely terrible, right? Like a lot of people lost their life savings um, in FTX and other 
firms that have um, that have buckled uh, throughout 2022. Um, on the flip side of that coin, though, I think it's uh, we've seen a couple of benefits coming out of that. Obviously, um, firms that are well governed um, and have uh, transparency and controls have been successful. Um, we've seen the regulators move. Uh, so, especially in the U.S., right? Like you still have dissenting voices. Like we should ban crypto. You can't ban. You can't ban crypto. Crypto is an idea, right? And you can't. You can't ban an idea. So I think it's it's uh, we're seeing an emergence of uh, more practical regulatory. Uh, framework uh, coming there that would allow it uh, to to thrive um, and become more part of the mainstream. I'm like I, I think the ship has sailed. Uh, so yes, I view it as an asset class. Yes, I see. I think it's here to stay. And um, the regulatory framework and you know what we saw from the SEC in these past couple of weeks have been super helpful uh, to help banks continue with their uh, setup on how to um, how to custody crypto. But all banks, uh, including uh, State Street, I know um, other banks as well, the fundamentals of these platforms uh, that we've uh, built um, and rolled out, and, and it's true for security as well, um, is they tend to be asset agnostic. So you need wallet management uh, for, uh, for digital assets in general. Um, and crypto obviously would be one of those uh, assets uh, that would be held in those wallets. But the fact that you're seeing um, continuous investments in this space, um, and it's evolving because the technology and the regulatory framework is evolving, I think, I, to me, uh, they signaled really good signs um, that we will see more electronic and digital type of assets, including CBDCs, stable coins, and, and such, uh, that will become part of the financial markets infrastructure of tomorrow. It's not too far away. Yeah, and speaking of... Uh cryptos and payments and so on, we are seeing a lot of uh, interoperability in blockchain and uh, connecting uh, various types of chain and uh, and the concept of uh, unified ledger is uh, slowly beginning to emerge. And, and some of this we are also uh, seeing from a CBDC design perspective, from a cross-border uh, fund transfer perspective and so on. So from, from your vantage point, how, how do you look at CBDCs? I, I know that... Uh, I'm happy actually the U.S. is not rushing into it. It's too, it's taking its time. But but a lot of countries are kind of ahead of it for various reasons. So do you think CBDCs are here to stay? What are your thoughts there? I, I believe so, Shekhar. And, and I also, I, I support what you just said around, uh, you know, the U.S. dollar. I think Chairman Powell has said it's not important to be first. It's important to get it right. I, I, I think that's what he said or... Uh, if those were not his exact words, I, I think that was the spirit of what he said. And I and I agree with that. Uh, I mean, the U.S. dollar is still the reserve currency of of the world. We do have an electronic uh, version of that, but we don't have a programmable uh, version of that. Um, so I do believe they're here to stay. I think there are serious uh, uh, concerns around, obviously, privacy uh, and other things that need to be sorted. But I think the pros way outweigh the cons uh, when it comes to CBDC. Um, so we're seeing, obviously, China's made some very good uh, headways there. Um, I don't think the U.S. will probably copy the same version. It will be more of an institutional type of uh, CBDC. So it would be, um, I think, what we'll get out of the euro. Um, I think you've also saw the U.K. Treasury um, also making uh, some statements around uh, moving forward with uh, CBDC. So I think that uh, my my personal uh, I, uh, theory would be that we would see uh, CBDCs emerge as central bank money. 
uh, coming out, um, and we'll probably see stable coin uh, issued from banks uh, that would uh, that would manage a lot of the retail um, and institutional uh, money moving in, in, in the day to day activities that we do. That would be my guess, but uh, I uh, but what, you know time 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 will tell. Absolutely, we are seeing similar things. I mean, from a design perspective, uh, when we go to uh, central banks, a lot of the use cases you mentioned are uh, are you know factored into the design. What what are your thoughts on the public blockchain? Do you think we will see uh, utilities on public blockchains? Uh, I ask because we have a very robust uh, post trade utility that we are uh, trying to explore. Uh, you know, I know uh, T plus one is coming, and hopefully they don't change the date on that again, but equally better is uh, T0. And if a lot of big banks are already on big blockchains, why why not T0? Uh, so, but more than that, I was uh, wondered your thoughts on the public blockchain and how you see that evolving. Yeah, before I answer that, I mean, to your point on um, on, uh, on T0, I mean, that's what the security, pl- uh, the security platform operates on today. We are T plus zero. Uh, we've totally reimagined how the middle and the back office would work for digital assets. So that's at the heart uh, of what we do and how we support uh, Wisdom Tree. I think um, on the uh, on the public blockchain, uh, they've definitely fueled innovation, right? Uh, everything that we see and have today is because of the ease of access uh, to those public blockchain. But they also have some drawbacks, right? They're 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 clunky. They're slow. Uh, not scalable, but I think with time uh, that that would get better. But there's still a lot of things uh, that I have that that a bank or a heavily regulated entity would still need, which is why then you've got the private chain. So I think the as we move forward, we'll see um, it's not an either or, but a both type of setup. I think at least for regulated financial institutions, because there's still issues around uh, security and privacy and and all that good stuff. The trade. That J.P. Morgan did, I think, was um, a monumental uh, step um, in, um, in in this area. Now, a- again, because of the things that I just rambled off around identity and KYC, AML, and all that good stuff, the, the ability of doing it on uh, Polygon and Aave was huge. But if you look at the structure on how they did a foreign exchange trade, they actually did it as a as a loan, right, to try to uh, to try to overcome some of these limitations. So I think with time. Um, and uh, you know there there are bits of pieces in there that the security technology, for example, can help uh, with evolving uh, and uh, and try to get more of a um, of a cohabitation, if you will, between public and, and private. I don't see banks getting on public blockchains uh, exclusively anytime soon, but I do see them becoming part of the arsenal as a regulation uh, evolves and then be the technology evolved. Because Shekhar, don't forget as well. Um, when you look at the uh, Basel framework, you look at um, uh, the financial uh, services. Uh, so, uh, like, there's a lot of uh, um, associations coming out. They view risk in blockchain, and there's capital allocated to that. Uh, that capital uh, is something that need, is it's just a reflection, if you will, of the risk that the regulators see on the public blockchain. So. I, I, I don't, as I said earlier, I don't see them as either or. I see them as a both uh, solution uh, that would progress. But public blockchains have done a lot uh, to fuel innovation and really prove why blockchain is is such an amazing invention um, and how fundamental it is to the um, really totally revolutionizing how we uh, look at capital markets. 
Yeah. Uh, also, we are seeing a lot of uh, banks kind of look at deposit tokens and, you know, kind of uh, look at the blockchain on both sides of the balance sheet. So we're seeing deposit tokens, uh, loan tokens, some mortgage tokens as well, and or even uh, creating a house, uh, you know, as an NFT, a house is represented as an NFT, all the mortgage processes are on smart contracts and then, uh, you know, working around that with tokens. What, what are some of the futuristic things you're seeing uh, at Securency and uh, if you can share with our audience, uh, how do you see the rest of 2023 and 24? Absolutely. I mean, you've, yes, you've rambled off a good chunk of those. And, you know, some of the tools that we're building around those is to ensure that there's um, uh, transparency and also I'll always be able to see uh, that we can uh, uh, reconcile on chain and off chain to a certain extent, tracker, so we can give people uh, the, uh, uh, the the confidence that those uh, uh, new coins uh, or NFTs are fully backed, right? Which has been the problem that we've seen uh, these past couple of um, uh, couple of uh, I, I would say a year now uh, with the spectacular implosion of uh, Luna and some some other tokens in that area. Um, and uh, but what we're seeing is closer to home uh, a rethink, if you will, a lot of work around private markets. Um, the uh, the industry as a whole, I think, is ready to overhaul it and try to figure out a way to do this, do, do these in a better, faster uh, way. Uh, we're starting to see a lot more interest in DeFi, um, which I think is very exciting uh, for a lot of the capital markets activities from from lending uh, to uh, foreign exchange to other uh, derivatives. Uh, so we um, at at uh, Security, we've developed um, a really cool product. Um, it's patented uh, technology, and it's called Composer, which really allows um, any individual to take smart contracts and compose uh, the right uh, financial behavior or the asset class behavior that they look at. I mean, that's really um, there is nothing like it in the market, and um, and it's a good bridge between TradFi and DeFi. Uh, to allow institutions to move in that space in a very uh, secure manner. Uh, so, um, and we're also data. Data is huge um, in this space. Uh, as you know, there's a, uh, and you talked about a, a little bit of uh, everything being on blockchain makes it uh, in a way more transparent and more secure. Uh, but the ability of uh, gathering all that data to be able to uh, extract it, to be able to enrich it, to standardize it and then use it uh, to make better decisions where to deploy capital, where to deploy investments. Um, I think that's that that is huge, and those are areas where security is working on. But our biggest play is to provide an infrastructure to all the large asset gatherers in the space. So uh, the the tokens, uh, you know, we talk about interconnectivity. Uh, but it's it's not there yet, at least not efficiently. Right. So the ability to be able to uh, break down those silos to release that trapped uh, liquidity is something we're 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 super focused on. Uh, but also to make sure that uh, I, I know not everybody's going to issue on a security platform, and uh, but any issuance in the space uh, is is a is a win for us. Um, in for the industry right now, like the more issuance that we see, the the um, I, th I think the more traction uh, we we will get in the space. But the ability to uh, to have finality of settlement, to be able to have interconnectivity, uh, to be able to know those those assets um, are uh, have some velocity, can move around, but it all needs to be done in a in a very uh, secure uh, matter that's compliant with all the 
rules and regulations. And then lastly, we're starting to see interest um, in the metaverse. It's it's very early days, so I don't have too much to say on that. Uh, but it's it's really interesting to see uh, the industry really starting to uh, start to think past uh, what we're seeing here around Web3, uh, around uh, blockchain, around tokenization and all that. And to me, that is a sign. It's like a leading indicator that uh, we're, we're, we're past the phase of asking what it is and now starting to understand how it could um, suit, um, how, it, how it's suited for the industry, how it uh, helps uh, investors uh, gain uh, better access to these marketplaces. Uh, and that's always the case, right? Because people are starting to be more forward-looking, uh, which, uh, which is a great sign. Thank you so much, Nadine, for uh, sharing part of your day with us. Uh, clearly, uh, I feel a lot more educated and I'm sure our audience and listeners around the world uh, benefited a lot from your conversation. Uh, have a wonderful day and catch up soon. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. To all our listeners around the world, if you have found this podcast informative, Please subscribe to our Banking, Payments and Wealth Spotlight podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts or any other podcast apps. If you're interested in listening to more Capgemini Financial Services podcasts, please subscribe to our Insurance Insights channel. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thank you all for listening.